Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Before we jump into the Word, I came across this, uh, uh, this joke. I thought this was pretty cool. I uh, want to share it with you before we get started. It said, a pastor died and was waiting in line at the pearly gates. Ahead of him was a man dressed in jeans and T-shirt and sunglasses. Peter asked, excuse me, sir, who are you? The man replied, well, my name is Joe, and I'm a taxi driver from New York. So Peter checked his list, and sure enough, there was Joe's name. He said, come with me, Joe. They went up to cloud number 27, up higher, 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 higher. Cloud 27, the door opens up, and they walked into a huge mansion and handed him, Peter handed him a silk robe and a, a gold staff, and he said, welcome to heaven. Well, after seeing that, the pastor was pumped. He's thinking, man, if this taxi driver's up to level 27, got a mansion and a silk robe, he stepped forward and said, hello, my name is George, and I'm a pastor in Baton Rouge. Peter checked his list, got on the cloud. They went down, 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 down to cloud number two, walked into an old shack. Peter handed him a cotton robe with a wooden stick. The pastor said, wait a second, that taxi driver got a huge mansion, a silk robe, and got a golden staff. How can this be? Peter says, excuse me, here in heaven, we're all about results. When you preached, people fell asleep, but when he drove, people prayed. (laughs) Come on, turn your neighbor and say, no falling asleep tonight. Interesting facts, okay, interesting facts. See if you can guess what our our topic is today. Interesting facts. Did you know that there's no word in the English language that rhymes with the word month or purple? Some of you are scrolling right now. Penurple. There's no word in the English language that rhymes with month or purple. Did you know that go is the shortest complete sentence in the English language? Go. The longest one-word syllable in the English language is the word strengthened. Strengthened. It's the longest one. It's 12 letters. One word, 12 letters, one syllable. Did you know there are more than 2,700 languages in the world, over 7,000 dialects? How many of you, just out of curiosity, how many of you speak more than one language? Oh, you're so smart. How many of you are jealous of the people who speak more than one language? How many of you struggle with the one language you're supposed to know to speak? (laughs) So many words to choose from. It's so easy to say the wrong thing at the wrong time without thinking of the consequences. I want to talk to you today about the power of your words. In fact, if you're taking notes, the title of the message would simply be this. The answer is right under your nose. The answer is right under your nose your nose. In fact, your mouth, it may be a little small part of your body, but how many of you know it makes a big, big difference? Have you ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? How many has ever gotten into trouble because of the words that you said? How many of you know somebody who you wish they had a filter, but they don't? Mama's ever washed your mouth out with soap? How many of you, mama put Tabasco right on the tip of your tongue? 
maybe bite on a bar of soap to teach you, hey, you've got to start talking better. You ever said something and as soon as it left your mouth, you wish you could just reach out and grab it and just slam it back in? Maybe that's why God put your tongue behind a cage called your teeth and sealed with something called your lips. This message, I think, is, is so important, and I speak tonight as an expert by failure. I have said some crazy things. I've said some foolish things. I've said some ignorant things, and for that, I know that my tongue needs to be instructed. How many of you heard it said that sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt. How many of you know that's not true? Anybody ever had a broken bone? Have you ever been hurt by words and had a broken heart? What takes longer to heal? Oh, yes. I want to talk to you about the power of your mouth. If you're taking notes, and we're going to read several scriptures, I want to give you three main thoughts, but I think there's, there's a lot of practicality to this. I think it's going to encourage all of us. And the first is simply this. Number one, words are containers of power. Words are containers of power. Would you get this picture, this visual? The Bible has a lot to say about your mouth. In fact, Proverbs 18, verse 21, and this is a very popular portion of Scripture. Proverbs 18, 21, the Bible says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. How many know that is, that's pretty important. You've got power at the very tip of your tongue. The Bible says that your tongue can harness and speak life or death. Think about it. At the beginning of creation, Genesis tells us that God spoke the very worlds into existence. He said, let there be. And when God speaks, things happen. And when we speak, things happen happen. I want you to see sometimes we don't really think a lot about this. You know, we live in an age where we obsess with everything that goes into our mouths. Come on now. I mean, I watched a documentary yesterday about diet and health. I'm going to tell you this, as much as I love meat, I am this close to going vegetarian. It's amazing how we obsess over fat grams and calories and, you know, all this, the contents of our food. We pay so much attention to what we put into our mouths, but we don't think twice about what comes out of our mouths. How many think it's a good idea for us to do a little inventory with our vocabulary? The power of life and death are held in the tongue. Do you know that when we said yes to Jesus, think about this, you can't get saved apart from confession. The Bible says you believe in your heart in Romans chapter 10, but you have to confess with your mouth. There's a connection between what you believe in your heart and what you speak with your mouth. Salvation comes to us through confession. A lot of what the kingdom has for us, we receive through the words that we speak. You know, the other day I heard my son Trevor, he said something, and it stopped me in my tracks. I heard him say, I can't do this. I'm so terrible. I'm no good. How many ever heard your kids say something? And then you're like, okay, what would we say? We're pumping the brakes on that one. What did you say? He said, Dad, I'm terrible. I'm no good. I just can't do this. And you know what I did? I corrected him. You say, for what? That's no big deal. Listen, it was a big deal to me. 
Because he's speaking something that's not true. And when you speak into existence something that isn't true, it's not what God says over him. I had to tell him, wait a second now, we don't talk like that in this house. Come on, somebody help me preach today. He said, Michael, you're being a little strict. You know, it's not like he said a curse word. Oh, wait a second now. We can speak either blessing or cursing. And so you say, it's no big deal. It was a big deal to me, and it's a big deal to him. Because if I let him continue to say that, he'll eventually believe it. And if he believes it, his behavior will be shaped by it. Come on, are you with me? He said, but it's just something as simple as word. He said, I can't. Wait a second. The word of God says you can. If God says you can, why are you opposing what God says? I got to get my words into agreement with his words. You see, if Trevor continues to talk like that, he'll believe it. Some of you have been saying things and you don't even realize it. You're speaking something into existence and it's fueling the enemy to steal, kill, and to destroy. If you say it, you'll believe it. And if you believe it, you will live as if it's true. Don't let toxic talk come out of your mouth and spoil what God is trying to do in you. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Now, this is, uh, again, this, this feels like a little small thing, but I think this could make a big difference in what you see beginning to grow in your life. Think about this. What God has for you is positive. His plans for you, his purpose for you, it is good. Jesus died on the cross and he took all of your guilt, all of your shame, everything that was wrong about you, Jesus bore that on the cross to give you everything that's right about God. Did you catch that? Some of you missed that. Jesus took everything that's wrong with you and he carried that to the cross so that he could give you everything that's right about God. Some of you are consumed with what's wrong with you. And God's saying, well, wait, don't, don't focus on what's wrong with you. Focus on what's right about me. And if you'll focus what's right about him, then what's wrong with you will begin to change. You see, what God puts in your heart is a plus. But if what you speak is a minus, now come on all of you math majors, all you experts out there. If you have a positive and a negative that comes together, what does that give you? Zero. Zero. It, God's put a positive in your spirit, but if a negative is coming out of your mouth, you are canceling the power of God in your life. Some of you are operating at zero power level because your words are undoing what Jesus died to give you. Are you with me? Your words are containers of power when you say, I can't, or it's just too hard, or I'll never be good enough, or it'll always be this way. When you say those things, you're neutralizing the power of God. See, when God made you, he wasn't having a bad day. In fact, when God made you, he looked back afterward, and you know what he said? It's good. Come on. It's good. What's good? I don't feel good. See, that's the problem. Some of you are speaking what you feel. 
You know what you need to do? You need to speak what you seek. Your words are containers of power. Don't put a minus where God puts a plus. Get your vocabulary into agreement with God. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Hustle, 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 hustle. I got a lot of ground to cover. Mark 11, 22. Look at what it says. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Why is that important? You know why? Because people will disappoint you, but God never will. Don't put your faith in a man. Don't put your faith in things of this world. The Bible says have faith in God because God will never disappoint. Now watch this, verse 23. Jesus is speaking and he says these words. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, somebody say whoever. Mm -mm -mm. I love that. That throws the door open wide. When Jesus says whoever, it makes me think about the time. You know, sometimes Rachel bakes some cookies, and I'll be in the kitchen. I'll smell them before I even see them. Come on, how many of you, a chocolate chip cookie is like revival. It's the Holy Ghost. It's just freshly baked. And, man, I'll see these cookies on the counter, and I'll go over to help myself, and Rachel will be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not for you. It's for the neighbors. Or no, 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 that's not for you. I got to bring that to Trevor's school. Or no, 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 that's not for you. It's for somebody else. But then there are sometimes she'll bake some cookies and I'll be like, babe, who are these for? And you know what she'll say? Whoever. And I'm like, I'm a whoever. You see what we're talking about today. Oh, hear me. Boy, I'm, oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost now. What we're talking about today, we say, well, that's just for T.D. Jakes or that's just for Joel Osteen or that's just for Joyce Meyer. No, no, no. This works for whoever. The power and the promises of God are available to you. Have faith in God for whoever says. Well, wait now. You mean anybody can do this? Yes, anybody can. But what you say, now this is important, for whoever says to this mountain, Now, notice the object to which we are speaking. We're not talking about the mountain, but we're talking to the mountain. You see, the problem with a lot of us is when we have trouble, when we have problems, we'll talk to everybody about our problems. Can I tell you this? Why are you seeking the advice of people who don't even know what they're doing with their lives to tell you what to do with yours? Man, you circling that same mountain because you're talking to your problems about everybody else. The Bible says you don't talk about your problem. You talk right to that mountain. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Why? Why does the Bible say talk to that mountain? I'll tell you why. Because that mountain's talking to you. Man, that, man you, you get the enemy sitting on your shoulder and he's telling you, your kids are never going to make it. They say, oh, listen, your finances will never get better. You're always going to struggle with that habit. Listen, that mountain, that problem is talking to you. Why are you sitting there listening to everything that mountain is saying? In fact, if you're not careful, you'll listen to it so long, what comes out of your mouth is what went into your ear. And you start saying what you're hearing. The devil's lying to you, and you're speaking it as if it's true. He says, whoever says to this mountain, you say, Mike, what do I say to the mountain? What you do is this, you say, okay, mountain, I want to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus, here's this mountain. Y'all get together and y'all figure it out. 
Whoever says to this mountain, what? Be removed and cast into the sea. Now, what, 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 why would he say cast into the sea? Because the sea has the capacity to swallow the mountain up as if it never even existed. Come on, is anybody catching this? Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have what? Whatever he says. Now, this isn't just name it and claim it, bab it, blab it and grab it, say it and spray it. (laughs) But this is the faith in your heart attached to the tongue, the words of your mouth. There's a divine connection. We'll see that in just a moment. Your words are containers of power. What are you speaking? What are you saying? You know, are we agreeing with what God says over us? Are we speaking how we feel, speaking what we see, speaking what somebody else says? Your words are containers of power. It reminds me of the college roommates. These three or four guys lived together in school. They played a, a practical joke on one of their buddies. He was taking a nap, and while he was napping, his buddies got some Limburger cheese. Have you ever heard of Limburger cheese? That stuff, it just stinks. It just smells bad. They put, they put some Limburger cheese on the, 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 the lip of the roommate as he was sleeping. He woke up out of his nap and he was like, stinks in here. Walked into the kitchen, stinks in here too. Went into the living room, yeah, you bet, same smell. He said, man, it stinks in this living room. Went outside, you know what he said? The whole world stinks. Some of you saying, my job stinks. My marriage stinks. My friendship stinks. Come on. Some of you, wherever you, what's the problem with the guy? It wasn't the living room, the kitchen, or even the world. Guess where the stink was? Right under his nose. You see, some of you, if you'll just change your words, don't use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to change your situation. Come on, can I have a better amen today? Words are containers of power. Number two, I want you to see this. Words reveal motives. Words, not only are they containers of power, but they reveal motives. Matthew 12, 34, the Bible says, for whatever is in your heart It determines what you say. One translation says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what's interesting is you'll take a kid to the doctor and he'll sit him before the doctor and what does the doctor say? He'll come to that kid and say, hey, open your mouth and say, why is that? He's going to look down his throat because somewhere along the line you can tell. When you open your mouth, it's an indication of the health of the body. Same thing is true in a spiritual sense. You know, if some of you are having problems with your words, it's not your mouth. The issue is your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How are we going to get our mouth into agreement with God? Well, first of all, we've got to surrender our heart. Lord, you know, think about it. When, when, we, when we repent of our sins, when we come to Jesus, he comes to dwell inside of us, and he takes out this old, stony, sinful heart, Ezekiel 36, and he gives us a heart of flesh. 
He gives us new and right desires. He places his spirit within us. Now all of a sudden, our motivation is different. So when your heart changes, your words need to change as well. It's like the three pastors that got together one weekend, went on a little fishing trip. So they were all out there casting and talking and fishing. And they just got real honest with each other. They said, look, it's just us pastors in this boat. They begin to talk about their biggest struggles and their, their, their biggest areas of, of sin. And so the first pastor said, look, I, I, I struggle with gambling. He said, sometimes I just cross the state line and I secretly, I gamble. I've lost a lot of money because I've gambled it away. Well, the second pastor spoke up and he says, you know what? My biggest sin is, is cheating on my income taxes. I, I haven't been honest on my, you know, been filing my income taxes for years. And so, man, I, I've kind of cheated. I've taken money that doesn't belong to me. Well, they waited. Third guy said, okay, what's up? Third pastor just kept quiet. Didn't say anything. They said, hey, listen, no, 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 we're all being honest here. We told our sins. What's your biggest challenge? What's your sin? Third guy said, my biggest sin is gossip. And I can't wait to get out of this boat and tell everything I've just heard. Come on, somebody. You see, listen, the person who gossips to you will also gossip about you. If your heart's in the right place, wait a second, no, I'm not going to share this unless it's edifying, unless it's beneficial, unless it's helpful. You know, if I'm not a part of the problem and I can't be a part of the solution, then I don't need to be in the conversation. Come on, are you with me? Some of us need to set some ground rules because the things that are saying, man, they bounce off the walls of our homes. They, they bounce off friendships, and sometimes they're so destructive. Words reveal motives. If our heart's in the right place, then our words can be right. Somebody said that flattery is saying to someone's face what you would never say behind their back. Gossip is saying behind someone's back what you would never say to their face. As a church, as the body of Christ, we need to get our heart and our mouth in alignment. In fact, let me just say this. Words are especially important during times of testing. When you're being tested, I want you to pay attention especially. Some of you are going through a hard time right now. Some of you are in a battle. You feel pressure. Your words are extremely important during times of testing. The enemy will lie to you. And that's why we've got to speak the truth of God's word. You can't speak a lie when you're speaking the truth. I thought about it in Psalm 23, a famous psalm. A lot of people know it. You don't even have to be a Christian to know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, there's one part of that, I think it's verse four, that says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Some of you are in a valley right now. Listen, your valley is not your finale. It may be where you are now, but God has something for you next. When you're walking through the valley. This is so important because what you say when you're in that valley may determine how long you stay there. Now notice the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the shadow. Man, there's a, there's a if you're going to have a shadow, that means the sun is shining somewhere, right? Think about it. It may feel dark in pockets of your life, but the sun is shining somewhere. You've got to begin to arm yourself with the word of God. 
Brian Houston said this the other day. I thought this was brilliant. He said, negativity is the verbalization of inner defeat. It's the verbalization of inner defeat. What's on the inside will eventually come out. The key to our victory is not only to believe it in our heart, but we got to speak it with our mouths. Are you with me? And let me give you this final thought. Has this helped anybody so far today? Your words are containers of power. Number two, your words reveal what's on the inside. And finally, number three, words shape worlds. Words shape worlds. Let me finish by giving you this scripture out of James. In James chapter three, the Bible says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, your tongue, it's a small thing, but it makes grand speeches. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Now notice the picture that James is giving us. James talks about a bit in a horse's mouth. It talks about a little tiny rudder on a large ship. Those are ancient uh, illustrations of a modern concept that I think all of us can appreciate. Those are steering wheels. The rudder of a ship, the bit in a horse's mouth, it's all about direction. Your words will determine where you go. That's what James is saying. James is saying, consider the, put, put a bit in a horse's mouth, a little tiny rudder in a ship. Man, they could turn things left or right. Your words are a steering wheel. And if you don't like the direction your life is headed, can I tell you what you can do? You can change that thing. I mean, it's it's not rocket science, but it's something as simple as paying attention to what you say. Can you speak life even when you feel death all around you? Some of you, you work in a very dark and difficult environment. Can you show up at that workplace and regardless of how you feel or regardless of what others say, can you begin to turn that thing around by speaking life to people? Think about it. Worlds are being shaped by the words that you say. If a steering wheel can change direction of a car, then I promise you your words can change the trajectory of your life. Your heart, your mind, your mouth, you've got to line those things up with God's word. You know, we're kind of and I'm a sports fan, and like many of you, I, I follow LSU sports. We're kind of in this dead zone right now. You know, June, July, August, man, it's, we're kind of in no man's land. And so Trevor and I, we are like diehard, you know, when it comes to LSU sports. And so what we've been doing is we've been pulling up old football games and just watching replays. How many's ever done that before? Man, it's, it's been like... Yes. Man, see them fighting tigers out on that football field. Man, Trevor, there's our guys. Man, we only got 50 days left. 50 days. 50 days is the countdown. And so we're watching this old football game, 
And, you know, and Rachel doesn't realize that it's a replay. Now, Trevor and I, we know exactly how it's going to end. And, you know, first quarter rolls by, and, man, our Tigers, they play bad. Guess what? I wasn't concerned. I wasn't yelling at the TV. I wasn't nervous. Second quarter, they played even worse. You know, halftime, it's looking bad, and Rachel's coming in like, you know, what is going on? You know, I mean, she's a little nervous. Trevor and I are like, hey, T, what you think, man? You think the third quarter's our quarter? He's like, oh, yeah, Dad. I'm feeling it. I mean, I just feel like that this first drive of the third quarter, I, I, I feel like, uh, man, we're we going we gonna to do something special. I feel like this next play, Joe Burrow's going to throw, I think about 35-yard pass. So Trevor's starting to prophesy now, you know? I'm like, bro, I'm feeling you, man. He throws 35-yard pass. Tigers start moving the ball. You know, so we weren't concerned when they were down because we know the outcome of the game. In fact, I'll say this. In fact, the further behind we got, the greater the comeback will be. Come on, somebody catch this with your spirit now. Catch this with your spirit. Because the truth, the, the, the truth is this. The truth is this. I've read the back of the book. I know how this thing ends. Now, now maybe it's halftime and things are bad for you. Maybe it's third quarter and you feel all but defeated. Listen, if you'll just be encouraged. Uh, it, the greatest, uh, it's not a setback. It's a setup to a comeback. But if you'll start speaking words of life, see, you, you got this in your heart. You just need to get it in your mouth. Are you with me? Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I want to ask the band to come up, all the band to come up. When you came in today, you received this little handout. Okay. I, I can't tell you to speak words of life and not give you the words to speak. Okay, this is the game plan. Here's God's game plan for you starting today. Okay, this is where we're changing some things. Okay, I believe transformation is on the tip of your tongue. It starts with, I mean, think, we've got a few things here. Promises of God. You say, Mike, how can you be so positive? Well, I'm positive because of the promises. Again, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not trying to, I'm not talking about the, the power of positive thinking or if you just say a bunch of, man, I, I, I'm, I'm strong, I'm handsome, and people like me. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you speak over your life what God has already spoken. If there's anxiety in your life, here's a great scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come unto me, all who are tired and worn out, I'll give you rest. If you're going through tough times, Romans 8, 28. And we know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And you're struggling in your finances, Philippians 4, 19. But my God will supply all of your need according to his riches. You see, think about it. If you need healing in your body, if you need mercy, wisdom, maybe you got a family issue or something in your future, here's just a start. These are 10, okay, 10 promises. It's first and 10. Are you ready? These are 10 promises that can help you move the ball down the field. And if you'll just start with this, 
If you just start right here, I believe the transformation, it's just, it's right here on the tip of your tongue. The psalmist David said in Psalm 34, verse 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will be right here in my mouth. Now, if God's praise is in your mouth, your mouth has no room for negativity, gossip, backbiting, fault finding, come on somebody, murmuring, complaining, criticizing. No, no, if his praise is in my mouth at all times, there's no room for anything else. The lies of the enemy, the discouragement of the devil. Come on, anybody receiving this today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe it. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.